Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank uh, our flagship station, Red State Talk, uh, the largest talk platform in the nation for welcoming us into their family. If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and right there above Ripley's is uh, the Red State Talk billboard. And, um, hey, I'll tell you this, uh, every hour, on the hour, this well, every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on the Red State Talk billboard. So I want to uh, thank uh, all of you for coming along with us, and I want to thank you for making this show as popular as it has become in this nation. Yesterday, I was on with my good friend, uh, Sean Hannity. And uh, we talked about this Baltimore thing that is going on here in our nation. And uh, naturally, of course, you're seeing the um, effects of the Democrat debate and the words racism, racism, racism. Is one of those things that is, is, is a main topic. Racism. And so here we go in America today with this crazy idea that the racist rhetoric of the past is still alive and kicking today. You're wrong. It, 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 it's just not happening as far as that's concerned. And I am telling you, uh, my friends, that we have bought a bill of goods that is not good. And we need to turn those in, trade those in for something that is absolutely workable for all American people. Now, um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If we buy into this idea that Beto O'Rourke, uh, Mr. Delaney, Bullock, Sanders, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Kamala Harris, Hickenlooper, uh, Williamson, Buttigieg, Warren, 
Bernie Sanders, if we buy into their mantra that the racist policies of Donald John Trump are the reason for uh, black um, woes in this country, if we buy into that, tell me this. How is it possible then that common sense must be failing us when we think about the fact that unemployment among minorities is at a record, record low in this country? Unemployment among women is at a record low in this country. How do you explain that? Huh? How, how do you how do you explain that? You can't. You can't explain it with any type of reason. Because there is no reason why people are that uh, blinded. There's no reason why people would be that blinded. If, in fact, those things that the progressive liberals who are trying to run for office against a successful president would have you believe it just cannot be so. Now, one of the things, uh, friends, that I want you to consider is this. Uh, Again, um, uh, Klobuchar said in the debates a couple of nights ago, said that um, how would you feel as a kid growing up in Baltimore and you heard your president say that uh, you live in a city that's a little more than a home for rats? Huh? Huh? Uh, Klobuchar wanted to make that point. Out of all the points she could have made, that's the point she wanted to make. Well, this is the truth about that whole matter. I want you to understand this. The kids in Baltimore, they know that the statement the president made is true. They see the rats. They smell the carcasses of the dead rats who uh, many have been poisoned. Even the, 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 the mayor of Baltimore was visiting down in uh, a, 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 one of the, the, the districts there in Baltimore. And she, uh, my goodness, called on the name of the Lord when she realized just how the place reeked with the smell of dead animals, dead rats. So the kids in Baltimore who hear their president say that Baltimore, their home where they're living is little more than a home for rats they're not insulted by that. They want somebody to do something about it. 
Somebody ought to do something about it. You, you need to do something about it. If you're living in that area, if you're in anywhere in any of these districts where these progressive liberals are housed, you need to unseat them, unhouse them, kick them out because they are doing you no good whatsoever. When we consider the argument that Beto O'Rourke wanted to make in saying that, and it's a true statement, but it's a strange thing about how truth can be manipulated in present day times. Uh, present day times. Hear what I'm saying? Present day times. How the truth can be manipulated in present day times. O'Rourke said that how can we rest until the descendants of those on whose back our nation was built have been uh, repaid for the work that their ancestors did. (laughs) Now, I laugh, and of course, who wouldn't want to get a check from the government? What the poll indicates that black folks, uh, by and large, are all in favor of getting a check from the government, right? All in favor of that. Who wouldn't be in favor of that? So, friends, what I'm saying to you is this. If we do not understand how this thing works, if we do not understand that we must indeed have a game plan for our future, then other other than just uh you know uh, getting money for something that we did not uh earn ourselves you understand what i'm saying something we in modern day times have not earned then how in the world are we going to actually be a productive part of the American experience. How in the world can we do that? How in the world are we ever going to be a part of that? Yeah, you can get into a mentality where all you're looking for is a handout. You can get into that mentality where all you're looking for is a handout. But if you get into that mentality where all you're looking for is a handout, a check, then I am saying to you, as it has already happened, you will breed a generation where, hey, that's all 
your children will be looking for is a handout. And that, my friends, is something that should not happen to anybody in the land of the free and the home of the brave. You know, back when the country first started, there were there it was uh, a socialist kind of uh, environment that was going on, huh? There was a socialist kind of environment that was going on. And uh, what really happened was that everybody had a parcel of ground to raise their food on, right? Everybody did. Everybody had a parcel of ground to raise their food on. But there were some who did not raise food, even though they could have. They didn't. And so when we think about the fact that folks like that have always existed, when we think about the fact that folks like that will always exist, then you have to come into the realization that socialism itself will not, has not worked. Not from the very beginning. There will always be someone wanting to eat the crops that you raise without raising their own. Are you hearing me? There will always be people like that. And they have always existed and they will always exist. And friends, I want to say this to you, that if we are not careful in this 2020 election, we will be headed in a direction where you have people who, in fact, don't want to work. Uh, listen, I know that work, as far as manual labor and all of that is concerned, work has become a real, uh, how should I say, um, work has become a real, uh, something that you can do from your home. Yeah. Work has become something like that. It has become something that you can do from your home. And when we think about that, we think about how work is indeed hard work, labor, uh, something that nobody really wants to do. But yet, we're saying that we need to bring in more people from the south of our borders to do that work when that's becoming obsolete. There has to be something. Something is absolutely missing here. Something is missing when we, we, we think about that, when we talk about that. Something is missing. 
in that conversation. Something is illogical about that. When you're saying that you can let people into the country when the only thing they know is manual labor, but manual labor in itself is something that's going away. There's something wrong with the conversation when you look at it from that perspective. Now, built on the backs of black people, the nation was, well, black folks paid a heavy dues, I will say, to be a part of America. No question about it. Black folks paid a heavy price to be a part of the American experience. But when I tell you this, when I say this to you, my friends, when I say to you that it was a price well worth paying, I'm telling you this. We cannot uh, sully or cheapen what they paid by demanding that the things that they paid for be repaid to those children of those slaves who didn't lift a finger in building the country. You cannot repay my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father by paying me. Are, are you hearing me? Actually, that is stolen valor. When we think about that, my friends, that is stolen valor. That's something that I have not earned. It's like me saying I was a Vietnam War era veteran when I know that I was not. And you, I, want, I want you to pay me because I lived through the Vietnam era. No, just because my great-grandfather or my grandfather uh, built something, that does not necessarily translate to me. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. I want to talk to you all as we go forward. I want to talk to you all about um, why and how this has gotten as twisted as it has gotten. Because, friends, uh, uh, quite frankly, I mean, real word to you, quite frankly, this has gotten really, really twisted. And the Democrats, they want to twist it even further. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. 
Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you coast to coast and border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. And hey, folks, as I tell all of you, I tell you this on a daily basis, and I didn't realize that uh, my feed um, wasn't uh, going out live like I thought. Uh, just uh, I don't know I don't know if Mason was out live or not, but just the, just in case we've gotten it, we've gotten it all fixed uh, now. Uh, but uh, listen, wherever you are, I want you to understand something. The legislation, the city government, whatever happens, it begins at your kitchen table. I want you to know that. And this is the thing that I want you to understand. That when you think about what is necessary to maintain city government, when you think about what is necessary to have a healthy city government, then I want you to think about where that begins. City government begins at your kitchen table. Now, in my city, we we have uh, parish commissioners and we have, uh, of course, a city council and, and all of that type of thing. And there's two exemplary young men who... I believe would make great city councilmen, and one is a great city councilman right now. That's Mario Chavez, and an up-and-comer, Parker Ward. Uh, it will make a, a really fantastic city councilman. And when you consider sending people to office, you should think about who you're sending to office as you're sitting at your kitchen table. Are you hearing me? That is where government begins. At your kitchen table. And 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 Mario Chavez understands that Parker Ward understands that and they are statesmen. And so what we need now in our nation is not so much the slick politician are you hearing me the day of the slick politician i do believe especially in this era of donald john trump is is over i believe that americans now 
are looking for and are indeed getting what they want from people who look and 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 sound particularly sound and talk like them and that has been the key even though Trump's a billionaire okay there is a common man approach that he has to the office of the presidency that we haven't seen probably since Abe Lincoln. Are you hearing me? And, and, and folks, this slick, polished politician, the one who is able to sell snake oil to a people who uh, feel as though they may be crippled, <laughs> that kind of guy, that kind of woman, that, and you, you see them on the debate stages, right? Only one or two of them are not snake oil salesmen. And even though Bernie Sanders does not appear to be that slick, polished politician, Bernie Sanders is a snake oil salesman, and right behind him is Elizabeth Warren. And the one thing that uh, Elizabeth needs to understand, that she cannot get into a bidding giveaway war with a bona fide socialist. Because Bernie Sanders is a bona fide socialist. And you cannot outgive you cannot outspend a bona fide socialist and so friends now we're in an age where we're going to have to have some real talk i mean real talk and the type of language the type of speech that you hear coming from the president it's real talk and those who have thin skin, and, 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 and that's what the Democrats are having. They have thin skins, and they can't handle the truth. They can't stand the truth. The truth to them is, it, it sounds racist. It sounds bigoted. It sounds as though it's out of place in this politically charged atmosphere that we politically correct charged atmosphere that we have created for ourselves in America at this point in time. I am saying to you, it's unhealthy, friends. It is absolutely unhealthy what we are doing to ourselves because we cannot have a decent conversation geared toward fixing things without someone calling you an ugly name because they think that what you are saying, that, that the truth of what you're saying, has no place in a politically correct society. That's how we have been hijacked. Are you hearing me, friends? Please hear me. Please hear me. Now, here we go.
with the uh, rhetoric. 12% of the American population 350 million, um, and that maybe they that may not be counting the 11 million. Uh, and of course, they're not they're not Americans; they're aliens. Okay, but uh, as far as 350 million people, as far as we know, inhabit this country, and that may not include the illegal aliens, the 11 million illegal aliens who are here. But out of that 12 percent. Uh, out of that population, 350 million, 12% of that population are black people. Okay? No more. In fact, we're the only, black folks are the only demographic in this country that most likely will show in the 2020 census a negative population growth and that is due to abortion we were once 13 percent are you hearing me we were once 13 percent of the population and we were once the second numbered ethnic group in the nation black folks aren't anymore latinos are And we don't know just how skewed those numbers are because we don't know what Latinos they're counting and which ones they're not counting. But I do know this about Latinos who are coming into this country. They're having babies. And black folks, although we're just 12% of the population, we represent 43% of abortions in this country. You can't tell me that that is not by design, can you? You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that that is not by design. Has to be. When you have 12% of the population representing 43% of the abortions and most of the abortion clinics are in the black community or right there on the fringe of the black community. And you have a Democrat party that embraces Planned Parenthood, which is the champion of black abortions. You can't tell me that that's not by design, huh? You can't. But this is the amazing thing about that 12% number as well, as far as black folks concerned, 75% of black folks live above the poverty line. You wouldn't think that, would you? You wouldn't think that 75% of black folks live above the poverty line. Do you know why you wouldn't think that? It's because the progressive liberal media, they only portray black people as down and out downtrodden people. Huh? That that that's that's the way they are portrayed. That's the way black folks are portrayed. But seventy five percent of the black 
population lives above the poverty line, which leaves a quarter, one quarter of the black population living below the poverty line. And uh, if you talk about that within that one quarter, you may have about 10% of them who seriously do not want to work. So out of, uh, let's just say, uh, 85%, 10%, 90% of black folks, 90% of black population want to work, 10% don't. And it's strange to me how that's the 10% that's always represented in the news media. There's a design to it. And the progressive liberals in this country, and you've seen them on the debate stages, the progressive liberals in this country want you and I to believe that because of the 10% among all black people who really are hurting or maybe don't want to work or can't work, therein you must rest the entire story of black America on 10% who are failing. All black folks don't live in Baltimore. A lot, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of them who live in inner cities and a lot of black fo- people do live in the uh, metropolitan areas of our nation. But uh, like I just told you, 75% of black folks live above the poverty line. So evidently, everybody doesn't live in rat-infested Baltimore, and it is. Don't buy into Amy Klobuchar's uh, rhetoric and and her her, her sob story about how uh, could we possibly uh, think, uh, what does a young black kid think when they wake up and they hear the president of the United States saying that uh, they live in a, a city that's infested by rats? Well, the kids know that that's true. Are you hearing me? The kids who live in those places that are rat infested in Baltimore, if they live in a rat infested place in Baltimore and they hear the president of the United States saying that they're living in a rat hole, They're not insulted by that. What they are hoping is that somebody will come along and do something about it. As Donald Trump is doing his very best to do something about it. They know that that's true, Amy Klobuchar. They know that it's true. And when they hear you say uh, something as bleeding heart as you're trying to make this, when they hear you say something like you are saying, they know that what what the president is saying is true. And what you're saying is 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 is, uh, uh, so patronizing. And therein lies the rub. Therein lies the whole truth of this whole matter is that the Democrat Party for all of us now, not just black folks. I'm talking all of us. When you listen to the the, the things that come out of the mouths of Democrats and on that on that debate stage, you are hearing Americans. You are hearing patronizing words. 
Elizabeth Warren, how do you fix the 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 race uh, issue in this country? Oh, give fifty billion dollars to uh, historic black universities and colleges. It's patronizing. It's patronizing. You know how? You know why? You know uh, why? Why she thinks it works is because it has worked in the past. Oh, throw money at, at it. But you know what? Wind, you know what winds up happening? The question materializes just like it has always materialized. And the president pointed it out the other day as it has always materialized. Something always happens to the money. Huh? Something always, either it gets wasted or it gets stolen, but it never helps the people it was intended to help. So, okay, so how much money have we thrown at education in this country? Oh, we could have private tutored probably every child in the country with the money we have thrown away on education in this country. Christian folks, you better hear me when I'm telling you this. Let me tell you this. Christian folks, please hear me. There has been a design even to infiltrate and make null and void Christian Christianity and Christian schools to make it null and void. You see, even teachers for Christian schools are trained in the same discipline. And there is a humanist type of discipline, a tilt toward it, a a slant toward humanism, that even if you get a teacher out of the pools that we pull from in order to employ or to staff our schools, even Christian schools, you're still having teachers who are indoctrinated with humanist ideas. That's why you must look at the curriculum. Even if your child is going to a so-called Christian academy, a private school or charter school, parents, you have to take upon yourself the responsibility of looking at reading through the curriculum yourself. And by all means, you must ask your child, what did you learn today? And you must examine that because the ideals of the modern education is to save the children from backward thinking parents. I'll talk to you about it when we return with the home stretch today of the C.L. Bryant Show. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. That, my friends, is D Rock's latest release. I am. An American, get it wherever music is sold. I was blessed to lend my voice to the opening of his newest hit, I Am an American, as we head into our holiday season. And hey, y'all, y'all know what? Uh, August 1st, August 1st, August has arrived. August has arrived. And um, won't be long till I will be in my favorite time of the year, the fall. And uh, Jane and I most likely are going to. Uh, head up toward New York uh, during Christmas time. And if you're traveling through New York City, there through Times Square in particular, look up above uh, Ripley's. Ripley's, believe it or not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's, believe it or not. And every hour it cycles through. The C.L. Bryant Show, 24 hours a day, cycles through on that same billboard in Times Square. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square. One of Thank uh, all of uh, the terrestrial stations uh, for replaying our shows throughout the Fruited Plains. I also want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us on board with them as well and welcoming us into their family. I was saying this to you. What would you think about this? I'm going to share something with you. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about this uh, yesterday or or, yesterday. day before, I think it was now, I had on with me uh, Dr. Marlene McMillan, and she was talking about the education system and how it it, it has uh, been infested with progressive liberal ideals and uh, uh, thinking. But think about this. Think about what I'm fixing to tell you. What would you say if I told you, the many thousands of you listening out there right now, listen, listen closely to what I'm about to say. What would you say if I told you that when your child enters kindergarten, that you may have in your public schools and 90% of the children in this country are educated in public schools, 90%. But what would you say if I told you that the teacher that you are sending that child and that you are placing that child into their hands, what would you say if their view of the child is that the child is mentally ill in the sense that they have been indoctrinated by religion Parents who are affected by religion, they've been indoctrinated by 
ideals of their parents' politics. And that teacher thinks that it's their job to heal the child of that. Well, in the new progressive liberal age that we live in, that is exactly what public schools feel their job is, and that is to heal that child who comes to them from a mentally ill type of background, especially if they come from a home that was Christianized or Christians. Now, I want you to think about this. As Christians, we are supposedly disciples of Christ, right? We are. We should understand what it is to be a disciple. I warn you that if you don't understand what being a disciple is, progressive liberals understand what being a disciple is. They are disciples of humanist ideas. They are disciples of humanist ideas, and their goal is to go and make other disciples. Oh, it's actually diabolical when you think about it, because uh, uh, that's exactly the counterfeit type of approach that the evil one, the enemy of mankind, I call him Satan, has, the scripture calls him Satan, has in fact used in order to deceive. Okay, you always create, he's always been able to create a, a counterfeit. And right now I'm saying to you that the education that our children are getting in schools actually debunk the greatness of America. That's why civics is no longer taught on the scale that it was taught when I was in school. You had a civics book. You had uh, a, a Louisiana history book when I was in school, taught Louisiana history. And you had a generation of young people who had a clear sense of country. And now, though, what you get, and, and, and yes, I understand that many of the really telling and important uh, cases in American history where people so-called of color did contribute in a mighty way were left out. I understand that. And there's nothing wrong with going back and correcting that record. But what I'm saying is all of that contributes to the greatness of America if it's told through the prism of our founders. But when you have uh, an educational system that says that the nation was, is, and evidently will always be racist. You are promoting the type of poison that is absolutely counterproductive. And I am saying to you that you have teachers who want to deprogram 
children who came from baby boomers and the children of baby boomers because even the children of baby boomers have been tainted. And their children come to the public education system as far as many teachers view it mentally ill because they're not seeing the world from a progressive liberal worldview. If your child has been taught a Judeo-Christian worldview and you are sending them to public school and, hey, you better watch out even if you're sending them to uh, so-called Christian schools, you better pay close attention to the curriculum because the curriculum is geared toward healing them of their Judeo-Christian ideals. So you get to, they get, they, they graduate high school. They go to college. And you wonder how it is that at the Thanksgiving table, when your kid comes home from the first semester of college, and they've lived in your house the whole time before going off to college. They've been going to public school. Some of them may have been going to private schools. Some of them may have even been homeschooled because even homeschool curriculum can be tainted with humanist ideas. You have to be very careful. Had to be very careful. But here they come from college, that first semester, home from college at Thanksgiving break. And suddenly, because of the conversation that's coming out of your child's mouth, your precious little darling, because of the conversation that's coming out of their mouth, you realize that Karl Marx is sitting across the table from you and you're wondering, how did that happen? It happened right under your noses and you paid for it. You paid for it. Your tax dollars paid for it. And now that chicken comes home to come home to roost because of your lack of attentive. That's why your lack of attention to it. That's why you hear me say to you all the time, you must get on your school boards. You must become a city councilman. You must run for county or parish commissioner. As uh, Mario Chavez is a, uh, a parish commissioner and a young man by the name of Parker Ward is running for, for uh, parish commissioner. Statesmen, people who understand how to get other people and why other people must get engaged. Because the progressive liberals understand what it is to be disciples and it's mighty strange that those of us who should be disciples don't understand what it is to be a disciple the progressive liberals are busy going out and making other disciples while those of us who have been given the uh, commission by the king of kings and lord of lords to go and make other disciples we don't the progressive liberals look at your children who have a Judeo-Christian worldview. They look at your children as though they're mentally ill and they need to 
heal them of that. Whereas you whistle past the graveyard as a Christian saying to yourself, the Lord will make a way somehow. When you aren't doing anything with your hands, your mouths, your feet, in order to be the Christian, to be the hands, to be the voice, to be the feet of the kingdom of God on this earth. You can't just sing the song. The Lord will make a way somehow. And then not do anything. You can't just pray. And then not act. Because the progressive liberals. They may not be doing any praying. But they sure are doing a lot of acting. And they are certainly trying everything they can especially in the school systems to make disciples out of your children. You wonder why the behavior of your child changes and why they rebel against you is because uh, they, there is something that harms their ears and their minds when they hear you saying, do one thing when they have heard sometimes even subliminally their teachers who they spend most of their time with during the school season. Yeah, they spend more time with that teacher than they spend with you. They come home, they eat their dinner, they go to their room. That teacher, they're in the classrooms with them <laughs> all day long. So they act out with you. And sometimes they act out with a teacher because there's conflicting messages. All I'm saying to you today, let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's talk about it. And then let's act. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. I'm CL, and until I'm able to talk to you again, may God bless and keep you all right there in the hollow of his hand. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. 
the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation. And, of course, uh, you're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. If you don't get both hours of the show, one and two, be sure to download the free C.L. Bryant Show app, the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. Follow us on Twitter at Rev uh, C.L. Bryant, R-E-V-C-L Bryant. The website, of course, is the C.L. Bryant Show dot com. And I want to thank our flagship station, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in the nation. And if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does cycle through 24 hours a day. And old C.L. Bryant's face is looking right back at you. I want to thank all the terrestrial stations who replay the show throughout the Fruited Plains. Uh, and, of course, uh, I I want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family as well as we broadcast throughout the Fruited Plains. Hey, folks, there is a lot going on. Last night, of course, we had, um, well, of course, the debates and all of that is, is going on. And you have uh, the 21 or 22 dwarfs uh, that are trying to uh, unseat Donald Trump running. And uh, we'll investigate and look at a lot of that in the second hour. So be sure to stay tuned uh, for it. Uh, There are some things that we want to look at as far as uh, two murders that occurred in Chicago. They were actually workers' moms who were working to help quell the gang violence there. They were shot to death. Over this past weekend, I wanted to deal with it on um, this past week, this on yesterday, but have not had a chance to do it. There's a great tragedy that's going on there. In fact, our nation is facing uh, a lot of turmoil that is being generated, I think, for political purposes. There's a political football, uh, many of them that are being carried right now in our country. On with me to talk about uh, not only his new work, but also some of these issues that we must talk about here in America, a good friend of mine. And uh, he has been in this fight a long time with me, and uh, he is uh, his, his signature book, uh, the book that he uh, that I am most ac- acquainted with, and you probably are most acquainted with. And if you're not, you should be acquainted with it. It's, it's called "Oh, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation." I met Mason Weaver uh, nearly ten years ago now. Well, it has been ten years ago this year, uh, and uh, it was a yeah. sunny day in in, um, in Washington D.C when we first met and we have been fast but it's every since and uh, mason welcome back to the cl bryant show how are you friend I am great, sir, and thank you for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Mason. Uh, Let me ask you, before we get any further into our conversation or talk about anything else, tell us about your latest work. What's it called, and where can we pick it up? Well, I have the the new book, The the, uh, Democratic Party Hates America. I decided not to put it on Amazon, so it's not on Amazon. You can get it at the, the title, The... DemocratPartyHatesAmerica.com, or you can go to our new organization site, LeaveThePlantation.org, and get the book there. 
leavetheplantation.org, and you can get the book there. Uh, and uh, the Democrat Party hates America, and they are showing it on uh, in their debates. Mason, why why do you say what was the genesis of writing this book? Why do you say that? Why a lot of people are saying, hey, uh, well, th- that's true. Maybe it's not true. But you tell us from your point of view uh, why you say uh, that. It's just time we stop playing games. It's time we admit the fact. It's hard to admit when your family member hates you. It's difficult. But there's nothing the Democratic Party has ever done in their history that shows anything other than hatred for America, for black people, for children, for families, for white people, for capitalism. They hate everything that we love. And you saw in the debate last night, the things that we're proud to announce and proud to proclaim is against everything we stand for as a nation. You know, uh, there's something that you bring up that I, I really want to get into, and I think both of us, as un, uh, full disclosure folk, both Mason and I are ministers of gospel, and uh, there's something that I really want to talk to you about because I've seen this in my pastoring of churches uh, that I've pastored around the country. Uh, but I've seen this, Mason. You mentioned family members. You can tell when a family member doesn't like you. They hate you. And it is true, yeah. Americans, that Democrats are a part of the American family. But there are members in the family, and if you have any family around anywhere, you know that there are members of the family that sometimes work against the family's interests. Mason, is that true? Is that how you're relating this to the Democrats? Brother, brother, listen, listen. It took, we had the most unique civil war family feud in the history of mankind. 360,000 white men died fighting their brothers to free strangers. That was the, I mean, what does it take you to take up arms and go and fight and kill your brother for to right a wrong that he was doing? The Democratic Party went to war to keep their slaves. They fought their brothers to keep their slaves. They, they invented the, the, the Fugitive Slave Act, the Black Codes, the lynching. It was their code. They invented the KKK. They invented the, 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 the sharecropping. They invented the White Citizen Council. They invented segregation. Gee, when are we going to wake up and realize these people hate us with a passion? And you see right now, if they ruled us, if Nancy Pelosi ruled us, the Chuck Schumer ruled us, you can see the hell we'll be facing right now from our family. You're absolutely right. Uh, as far as Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, and, of course, the new squad, as they're called, uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Presley, Omar, and Tlaib, uh, they don't seem to have much love for what we have traditionally known as America. Mason, when did the Democrat Party hijack then? Because most black folks evidently, don't understand that there is a, a hatred for America that they are, in fact, supporting. So when did the Democrat well, Party hijack the black vote? How did that happen? Well, the Democratic Party always has a plan for you. Slavery was a plan for you. Segregation was a plan. And once we won our, our freedom from their plantation, they had a plan for us to keep us back alive. And once we won the civil rights movement of the 60s, once we, we fought, I rock the Black Panther Party. We fought not to make white folks like us or treat us better. We fought to be free of white people. We fought to, to be able to compete in America. And once we won the right to compete, 
these black Negro slave managers, Cummings and, and all the other civil rights to the were marching. They were marching against Democrats. They got up and joined the enemy, and they <clears throat> led their people back into captivity, into dependency, and the ghetto, right now the Democratic Party owns every ghetto in America. After the civil rights movement, we went back to master, led by our tribal chiefs, and asked master, right now, every problem facing black people, watching the news, listen to Black Lives Matter, listen to New Black Panther Party, listen to Cummings and, and all of the clowns in the Congress. Every, every single black problem we have requires white people to do something. They've got to stick it there with slaves. We have no ability to take care of ourselves, and we must take care of the only thing change, Pastor, is the family. It's going to have to be the individual black family. There'd be no programs, no, no grants. There's nothing that's going to change black people until we develop a real, true black culture based on Christian values. Mason, I'm reminded uh, when you talk about <clears throat> those who joined the uh, Democrat Party in marching uh, back in, the, who joined in with the enemy of black people traditionally in the South uh, and marched back in the 60s. I'm reminded of a quote that Malcolm X uh, uh, said that at the time, back in the time, that any Negro, as we were called then, Mason, you and I were both alive and understand what, what the difference in Negro and the other word is. Uh, and we fought hard just to be called Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, uh, but uh, but Malcolm X said that any Negro who uh, voted for the Democrat, a Democrat, was a traitor to his race and a chump. Malcolm was uh, beat up and derived, uh, you know, uh, you know, politically for saying those things then. Uh, even though I don't want to give a lot of credos and, and uh, 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 accolades to Malcolm X, what he said, though, is absolutely true, especially yep. today. Talk to us about it. Look at Congressman John Lewis of Atlanta. He marched across the Pepper's Bridge. He was, he was fireholes by Democrats. He was beaten by Democrat cops. They stomped him in the ground, and this guy gets up and joins the Democrat Party because they gave him a better set of scraps and food to eat, and he has been presiding over misery and, and drugs. Every place you find Democrats and black people, you find poverty, drugs, teen pregnancy, horrible schools, no jobs, no business, every single place you find them. We talk about Baltimore and Chicago. Brother, every ghetto in America is owned by these slave drivers, and our people are suffering everywhere you find democratic control. I do not understand why. Where will we get enough? What will we say? We're tired of being hustled. We're tired of being pimped. We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of being, being killed and murdered. We're tired of it. We're going to go back to the party of freedom. We're going to go back, back to the Republican Party because Democrats truly hate America. And that is what Mason Weaver's latest work is all about. LeadThePlantation.org is where you can find Mason's newest work. Mason, when we talk about the Republican Party uh, and the Party of Freedom, uh, when and how did Republicans lose the battle with black folks? It, it seems as though Republicans don't 
tell their own story. I know Mitt Romney. I told Mitt Romney and uh, uh, Ann Romney at a dinner that I was sitting right there with them when he was running for president. Uh, tell the story about uh, your dad when he was in the governor of, of Michigan, how Detroit was the most prosperous city on earth and black folks were were the most prosperous ethnic group in the country at the time when Mitt Romney's dad uh, George Romney was uh, governor of Michigan but something happened Mitt never Mitt never even mentioned that as far as I know uh, why why oh. is it that Republicans oh. don't tell their story well first of all brother I think that after the Civil War Republicans considered black folks were free and black folks start prospering and thriving, so there's no need to do anything special for black people. They, they gave up on it. Secondly, blacks have been trained for hundreds of years to follow instructions and look for leadership and look for guidance. So the the, uh, the, the slaves and those that saw the Civil War went back under the tutelage, went back under control. And now we have a situation where you have uh, black people that are speaking out against the rulership of master, and we've been harassed and shadow banned and attacked. But what I see now, brother, you know, Rick Romney and the Republican leadership has been afraid of being called names. They've been afraid to be called racist and mean, so they, they shy away, they shut up. Now they got Donald Trump, who don't care what you call him. You don't care what you call him. So I'm inviting all you white, all you guilty white people. We need you to stop it. We need you to get a backbone. What the heck happened to the Vikings? Where the where the English knights? Where the conquistadors? You Europeans didn't take nothing from nobody. Now you you need you need a safe space and you shy about the truth. They tell you about your ancestors, their lives. To go to my website, leadtheplantation.org. I have on that website a certificate of forgiveness. As a as a descendant of slaves, I have the authority to forgive you of the guilt of your great grandfathers. Please get over it and join us. Join us to retake our nation. I don't need to be taken care of. I'm not a pet of white America. You don't owe me a dime. But please stop this guilt. It is giving the enemy power. We need you to stand with us and let's take back our nation once again. Mason, let's talk about my special guest is Clarence Mason Weaver, and uh, he is talking about in his latest work how Democrats hate America. Mason, you bring up something that is very interesting. In this segment, I have about uh, four minutes left, and I, I want you to start your, your our conversation, And but stay with me through the break. Uh, white guilt. You bring it up. You bring it up very strongly, and uh, you uh, lay it out there for everyone who will to see that there is there is a tool, folks, of white guilt that white, listen, the many thousands of you listening out there, I know that the majority of you, and I know I have many, of course, there's only 12% black folks in this country anyway. So the majority of my, my conservative or my or mixed audience, whether liberal, libertarians, liberals, or conservatives, uh, most of your faces are white. I know that, you know that. And what Mason has mentioned now is this thing called white guilt. Mason, why is that so effective? Uh, i got about three minutes. Start your the conversation with that. Boy, boy, I, I think that white people in general are nice and kind, but they believe they're liberal cousins and brothers, that black people are inferior, that somebody thinks that maybe we're just unable 
because we keep begging for, for help. We keep saying we need affirmative action, we need self-help. We, need, we, we beg for low-income housing, never high-income housing. We beg for low minimum wage instead of maximum wage. So the nice white people think that maybe we just can't do it, so they're kind of gentle, so they want to help us. It is really subtle, soft racism for you to think that I need your help. This weekend, brother, I had a man come to me and say, you know, on behalf of the of the problems that my people did for you, on behalf of, of the, well, my father may have done to your father, I want to apologize for white people. I said, dude, you paid 150 bucks to get in here to hear me speak. You you pay, I didn't pay money to hear you speak. You paid money, you, you drove here, you paid money. Why do you think that you're superior to me? Stop it. We have to, if we don't stop this, this white guilt. Okay, folks, listen, every day you go around town, you work for white people, you're on a bus with white people or black people, you eat, you go to ball games, no problem, and you come home and you turn that doggone TV on and you see that we don't like each other. You see that we're angry, and you believe that nonsense on television. Look around you today. We are middle class. We're working hard like you're working, love our family like you like your family, and we are Americans and we're patriotic. 25% of our military is black folks, and we are, you know, and black males, 7% of the population, 25%. We love this nation. So stop bowing down, stand for your rights, and we'll stand up with you, and we'll fight with you. I agree, absolutely agree with that. And, folks, I want you to keep in mind, Mason said that we, as black people, love this nation. Uh, out of all of the black soldiers that have uh, fought in wars, every war, every war that this nation has ever fought in, uh, black men, black soldiers uh, have fought, uh, and men and women have fought in those wars. Not one of them have ever ever been charged with treason and uh in 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 our situation it is our nation as well as anyone else's i'm going to return after the break with my good friend uh mason weaver get uh, his book uh democrats hate America at leavetheplantation.org. He's going to tell you more about that. And we have much, much more to talk about with Clarence Mason Weaver, author also of It's Okay to Leave the Plantation. We'll be back with him when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. After these words, don't go anywhere. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. 
TL back with you on this great day in the USA. As Thank you for coming along w- with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. My special guest today is Clarence Mason Weaver. Mason Weaver uh, is someone who has been a voice, a renowned voice in America uh, for low these many years, and he has been one, along with me, who trumpets uh, the idea that there is a certain tyranny that black folks have fallen uh, prey to, and that tyranny has exclusively uh, come in these latter years from the Democrat Party. Mason, when we look at uh, what's going on in Baltimore and you see a congressman like Elijah Cummins who has been in office for 25 years nearly 26 years and uh, he has the audacity to blame the ills of Baltimore on Republican policy Mason I don't get it I don't understand how he can do that with a straight face. Does he know better? Uh, or is this just a, a bought-off line that he has been uh, paid to say? What What's going on with that? How is it in, even that black people buy into that kind of thing? I'm not even sure they buy into it anymore, brother, because Donald Trump, that racist Donald Trump, gave $18 billion to that clown's district last year alone. So I, I, you're right. I believe that Cummings knows the truth, but denies the truth, knowing it is true, and he accepts the lie, knowing it is a lie. Uh, he gets his money, he got his wealth by serving his Democrat masters. Uh, they, they just want those votes every year. Uh, they know the more miserable you are, the more likely you are to support the Democrat Party. And so he's just a politician. He is an unsaved individual who hates prosperity, because he knows that if you make money, you're going to leave his district. Who's going to live there? You make 50 grand a year, you're not going to stay there anymore. He knows that. So if you're on welfare, you're going to stay right there where you are, and you're going to vote for him, and the party knows that. So Trump is calling him out. Trump is the new, uh, he's the sunlight through the darkness, and it's exposed to them, and now they have to clean up their act. He's not going to clean up a lot. He's going to just talk. He, is, he belongs to the party of lies. He will never be truthful. He will never admit it. He will continue to get his paycheck. Right now he's in Europe on our dime, cru- cruise around Europe, touring Europe on our money, with other uh, slave traders, Democrats. He's taking advantage of us, and we're about tired. I'll tell you, folks, I'm talking to people in, in Baltimore right now, and they get it. They, here's the problem that they have to face. Black people are now working. Pookie and Ray Ray has a job now, and they're going to go to work every day. They're going to work this morning, and this clown is talking about poverty, and they're trying to get out of poverty. The gang members are having jobs right now. The unemployment rate is low. People are now having investments. They've got a 401K program. Folks, they're rediscovering capitalism. It's going to be good for us. 
And it will be good. Capitalism is good, folks. We're not talking about greed. We're talking about free market. Free market is good because it allows people to compete. Mason, you said something that's immortalized in uh, an award-winning film, my film, Runaway Slave. And uh, you said that uh, if you could not go down to the end of the street, whatever street it is in America, folks, your street, whatever it is, whatever color you are, and you could not buy a sandwich at the sandwich shop, uh, then you'd be angry. And if you couldn't open a business uh, on that same street, you'd be angry. But that's not the case anymore, is it, Mason? I mean, there were times when you and I might have been prohibited in this nation, especially in the South, from going down and, and opening a business or even buying a sandwich at the business. But that, uh, why is it our young people are wanting to bring back the ghost of Mississippi? What profit does that, what, what, what does that profit any uh, people to live in the past? If you think like a slave, you will act like a slave. If you think like a, like a prisoner, you will act like a prisoner. The difference between a prisoner and a slave, you're both in those same walls, still combined by those same walls around you. The slave considers himself a slave. He thinks that he gets his money from, from master. His, his food from master's bowl. If you throw a, a rope over that wall to a slave, he thinks you're going to lynch him. He's been taught by master to be afraid of freedom. The prisoner is trying to get out. He's trying to get over that wall. You throw, throw a rope to a prisoner, he's going to tie the knot and climb out. The problem with the black folks are having in the ghetto, all in the ghetto. You find black folks thinking that if, you know, if they burn down master's homes in the riot, master will rebuild their homes. They don't think about buying their own homes. So you have a problem now of perception. Who are you? When, when the, the Greensboro lunch counter sit-in was happening, Clarence Henderson and other black men did not sit there hoping to have a sandwich with white people. They didn't care if white folks liked them or not. They wanted to be able to live in a country where they could have their own lunch counter and go into business for themselves. And that's what the civil rights movement was about. When I won my freedom, when I won the legal civil rights to go into business, I went into business. Now, do not care then, do not care today. What white folks or what group do not like me being in business? So we have to, we have to reinstitute capitalism back, back into our, our community. We have to start talking about money and income. When, when Trump took over office, the stock market was 18000 Today it's, it's 27000 Every black person with a 401k program has more money, and thanks to Donald Trump. Capitalism works if you work. Let's go to work, folks. When we talk about capitalism and the free market, Mason, and then we incorporate the black community into that conversation, do black people have a healthy relationship with money? Is there money in the black community? But what then don't they understand about consumerism and those who are producers? Is there a difference between the consumer and the producer. Talk to us about it. Absolutely. And, and by the way, 75% of black people live above poverty. That means 75% are working. 25% of what we see on TV. 25% live in Cummings District. Uh, they understand investments. They got a 401k program. They understand homes. They understand investing in their homes. The problem is that the, the getaways, uh, 
those folks, I, I call it Ebonics, people who, who live there and, and, and think and follow master, believes that you make money. We're going to go out and make money. Uh, but you and I know that you go out and get in front of cash flow. You don't make dough, you get in front of cash flow. We start teaching and speaking about income. My son, who's a little boy, wants some Nike shoes, some doggone Michael Jordan Nike tennis shoes. I brought him Nike stock. And he's very happy with me right now at 42 that I brought Nike stock instead of Nike tennis shoes. <laughs> we have to invest. We have to understand how cash is made in America and how profit is made in America. Uh, I knew a drug dealer that said he wanted, he, he wanted to rob a pharmacy. I said, well, why don't you go to school for four years? Instead of paying a bribe to the DA, you pay taxes and open up your old dog old drug store called a pharmacy, and the cops will protect you instead of arrest you. It's to change our way of thinking, brother. And once we change our way of thinking, we'll change our ways. You know, Mason, going back to some of the quotes that you made, uh, five years ago now, because this conversation you and I are having is a conversation you and I have been having before there was a Blexit, before there was a, a walk away or, or, or any of that yeah. kind of stuff. We were we were talking about uh, these types <laughs> of things uh, along with uh, our good friend uh, Star Parker and, and others, you know. And, uh, of course, Dr. Thomas Sowell is in the film with us, and he, we stand on his shoulders. And, and, and so when we talk about something that you said about – uh, master does not want us to love that wife or child. Master wants us to love him. What were you saying? Yes. Well, understand, you will die for what you love. You will die defending what you love. So if that black man loved that black woman, he would defend that black woman against master. So, he took that black man's love by, by trickery and made him love master. So that woman became a commodity. Those children became a commodity. Your status on, on the plantation became how many babies you made as a slave breeder. How many babies you made for master was bragging points on your point. And that male ego that will normally kick in to protect your woman and the mother of your children, that, that male ego had to be squished. So the black man started saying, oh, she's worthless anyway. She's a B or a C. She's... She's, she's nasty, she, she's easy, and he became, he put her down because if he didn't put her down, he had to defend her. Now, today in the black community, you got these breeders still making babies for masks to take care of on welfare. The black woman is still highly disrespected and unhonored, and he is putting her down because if you had an ego, black man, you would be honoring your woman and the children that you have, and you would raise them yourself. You'd be in the home checking up instead of maybe, maybe sending a check home. And that's what we have to bring back, that, that ego of the black man, the ego, the, the pride in how you take care of your family. And it begins with that woman. She is, the, she is the beginning. That woman is the beginning of your worship to God. Take care of her. Wow, that was heavy, man. And I got to tell you something, folks. When you listen to the lyrics and uh, it's part of my my job to investigate some of everything, especially ly lyrics and uh, uh, items 
in media that do affect our culture. There's no question that the hip-hop generation uh, leading to the rap and gangster rap uh, uh, music has affected the culture. And something you've just said, Mason, does uh, ring absolutely true when we listen to this music. There is an absolute disregard from the black male in those songs toward the black female. Mason, what then has allowed or caused our daughters, our black daughters, and and, and to buy into this image that is painted of them by the black male? Talk to us. Amen, brother. I have two beautiful teenage granddaughters. They're 14 and 16 years old. They're drop-dead gorgeous, highly intelligent and because they're my granddaughters, they're also self-aware. And they have noticed even white boys and black boys that talk to them, as soon as they see them, assume things about them, just because of the color of their skin. They assume that they're easy. They assume that they're ratchet. And they think, they, I, I had a white boy at the, at the hotel when I was speaking at. The white boy used the N-word because he thought that all black folks used the N-word. On each other. So therefore, he thought he could do that. that thinking that you're easy. Ask them sexual questions within five minutes of meeting them. And black men are the cause. We, because we rule. And we're the cause. And so unless we respect that woman, if, if your female is a dog with the B word, then that's, that's your mother. So what does that make you? A son of a dog. We don't have enough respect for ourselves. We don't think that we can really protect that woman. We don't believe that we can really compete against America. We don't think that white folks will let us do things. So our ego is busted, so we have to take it out on our children and our wives. If black men knew that everything black men think they can do, Pastor, everything that we believe we can do, we absolutely totally dominate football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf. Tennis, pithy women selling dope. We dominate everything that we think we can do. I'm calling on black men to think you can take care of those children, protect their wife, and own a business. Mason Weaver is my special guest, folks, here today. So glad to have him on. The conversation is always so stimulating when he is on with us. He is the author of uh, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation. His latest work can be found at leavetheplantation.org. Democrat Party hates. He describes how the Democrat Party hates uh, America. And, folks, you know that... uh, uh, the way through through their actions, through their actions, uh, you are seeing them by their fruit. You know them. And so, Mason, let's then talk about uh, real racism uh, in this country. Now, you and I are both old enough. We came through the civil rights era. We came through a time when uh, when someone called you the N word. Uh, you they knew how to say it so that a black person could feel it and know it. I, I have been called uh, uh, the N word by real, real racist, uh, you know, and, and, and today yep. you, you have all these uh, 
I don't know, drugstore races running around that Democrats try to to uh, to to, to uh, but but you and I, we have known real races. I want you to tell the story before we get into this. Got about three minutes left in this segment, but stay with me through the break. Tell the story. You take this three minutes to tell the story to set up our next segment uh, of, of how you were injured on a job. And uh, you were looking into the eyes of the person who to talk to us about that here for the next three minutes. August 11th, the date is coming up, 1971. A right racist that I knew on my ship. I ordered him to help me move some steel plates out the way because I was his superior. And I thought he was a competitor, not an enemy. So I commanded my enemy to take control of 2,800 pounds of steel. And another black guy behind me and this guy on, on the right of me, and I saw the look in his eyes. When I saw the look in his eyes, Pastor, I started to run. I knew that look. It was pure evil. And he shifted that weight, and a ton and a half of steel fell on me and crushed me against that steel wall that bulkhead in the Navy. And it broke both hips, crushed my pelvis and eight places, ripped three wheels, my bladder, my spleen, uh, crushed my knees. And I, I, I was screaming. I looked up and saw the look of hatred in his eyes as he stood over me. And I never screamed again in my life. I stopped screaming. You're not going to see me die screaming at you. And that, and, and that was it. I mean, I had a lot of things in my life, racial things in my life. But this, this dude tried to kill me because of the color of my skin. That male ego is telling you about caused me to spend the next decade hating everything white. I did. I was done with America. I was done trying to compromise. I was done trying to find common ground. I became an angry black man with the Berkeley, hang up the Black Panther Party, the Black Student Unions. I speak Swahili today. I was against America, not because I did not love America. I did not think America loves me. And that, these crowds nowadays talk about, you know, the white man did me wrong. All that. You tried to carry a ton and a half. It took a spiritual heart transplant. To get me back in line with who I was, brother, because I hated. I broke up with a girl because she had a white dog. How dare you bring a white dog into <laughs> my house? That that kind of hatred is keeping. If she was beautiful, she was beautiful too, man. I get. How dare you bring this white dog? <laughs> that that you know when when God healed me, brother, I, I discovered when God healed my heart, I discovered that hatred was a bigger burden to carry through life than 2,800 pounds of steel. So that what would happen in America if black folks forgave white people? What would happen if the Bloods forgave the Crips? What would happen if, if, if the North would forgive the South? We would be a better nation. I had to forgive that white guy before I found him again, before he apologized, before I got found a safe space, before I, I had reparations. I had to forgive him because God Almighty had forgiven me my sins. And when I forgave him, America, when I forgave God forgave me, and he healed me. He will heal us. If we stop dragging all this stuff in our past through life and forgive everything that's happened to us because it doesn't belong to us if we belong to God. Amen to that. You're listening to the C.L. Bryan Show. My special guest is Mason Weaver, Clarence Mason Weaver. And we will return with him after this brief word with more. C.L. Bryan Show. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. Worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth saving. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA, and my special guest is none other than Clarence Mason Weaver, and he is the author of the book, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation, newest work, is uh, explaining and identifying to all of us how Democrats hate America. Find that at the leadtheplantation.org. You know, Clarence, um, you and I, I know, have been called uh, a lot of names uh, since we began this journey. And it was just so funny to me. Uh, you, you broke up with a, a girl because uh, she had the audacity to bring a white dog to your house. And uh, no, she should have known better than that. That's just how. Listen, racism is that does create that type of bitterness. And, and especially uh, when you haven't forgiven. And Mason found uh, the cure uh, in his heart Jesus Christ was the answer for that and uh, through through forgiveness but let, let me let me and, and and you mentioned something earlier about uh, the, the, the white kid white boy who gets on the elevator in the hotel with you and he thought it was okay to use the n-word with you because he hear, hear black folks use the n-word with each other all the time uh, story uh, I was at a, a store going into it a little white kid hip-hop white kid came, comes out and he says what's going on dog what's up dog and and uh, <laughs> I, I was never so outdone. <laughs> I was so outdone by something. But anyway, he might well call me the N word. Call me a dog, man. As far as I was concerned. But uh, but well, just well, just, yeah, you know, you know. And so uh, let me ask you this though, Mason. When we're talking about real racism, you and I have been called all kinds of names by our own folks, by our own folks, the same skin color, at least I'm yep. saying. And uh, But you and I, and I'm t not talking about this literally, folks, but I'm talking about it in a figurative sense. It's people like Mason Weaver and, and Dr. Thomas Sowell and myself and uh, Star Parker. We're the Nat Turners. It, it, we're not the Uncle Toms. We're the Nat Turners. We're the people who actually look for revolution and look for change. It's the Elijah Cummings and the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jackson who are really what we so-call the house Negroes, but they have flipped that script uh, on us and made other folks believe it. Mason, talk to us about real racism. They certainly, talk to us. They, they, they certainly have, brother. They certainly have. They have a situation where they think success is how many people are on welfare. They think success is how much we get for white people. They count success as how well they've been taken care of. So they'll sit there 
in the ghetto with no food, with rats, and we're smelling like rats. You got poison. You got lead in the paint. Your kids are going to unproductive schools, teaching your kids how to, I, I call it game prep one-on-one. You, you got that. You see that. And then Donald Trump comes in, sends $18 billion to your community in one year, and he lowers the tax. Here's Donald Trump. Here's Donald Trump who, who worked with black celebrities to free black prisoners and also get ready to execute a white racist, and your leaders call him a racist, and you don't have enough sense to figure out who your real enemy is. And that's our problem. Right. And, and again, we go back to the fact that people like uh, Elijah Cummins and the Con- Con- Congressional Black Caucus, they know better than what they are saying. James Clyburn, I know he knows better than what he is saying, but he says he it anyway. And, and and Mason, you were talking about... So, Pastor, Pastor? Go ahead, go ahead, Mason. Look, CJ, if you know that he knows better, if, you, if you're convinced that he knows better, that means the truth is irrelevant to him. That means something else is going on. If, if you deny the truth knowing it is true that the hardest thing in the world brother is to awake somebody who is pretending to be asleep he hates his people for you to purposely perpetuate these things that you know will increase the, the death and the poverty and the filth and the disease for your people if you refuse to do things you know will correct it you must therefore by definition hate them let me uh, ask you about this, uh, Mason, news item, Chicago. Two women who worked as peacekeepers on Chicago's south side were shot and killed in the neighborhood they worked to protect. Chantel Grant, 26, and Andrea Stoudemire, 36, were both mothers uh, combined of four children. They were standing on a corner where the peacekeepers normally stand uh, in order to keep watch on their community when an SUV pulled around and shot them both. It is certainly one that the police are suspecting is gang related. Now, as bad as I hate to make this leap, I do need to ask you this question. Do you think that the failed policies of progressive liberal cities, Democrat progressive liberal cities like Chicago and Baltimore, Houston, New Orleans, New York City, are they really the culprits in this type of murder? I know the Democrats try to blame Trump and guns for it, but I don't believe that that's the truth. Talk to us, Mason Weaver. Uh, They also do not believe it is the truth. They know it wasn't Trump. They know it wasn't the guns. They know the truth. But it gives them an excuse. Letting black folks get killed in the streets gives them a reason to go for the guns of, of us. So these young women were the victims of, of no culture. Uh, if, if you're going to go out and kill someone who is bringing peace, if you're going to shoot someone who's bringing peace, that means you want the opposite. You do not want peace. You got drug dealings on the streets of Chicago. If a 10-year-old child can find a drug dealer, how come a 30-year-old cop cannot find a drug dealer? They want this. You will not have the current of, of, of Chicago in power if Chicago was a stable community. 
if the black community was making money and raising their family. They only survive in its atmosphere. That's why I wrote the book. I, I, I'm just tired of pretending like they're just a loyal opposition. All of their existence, they have been hateful and discrimination and, and terror. They're the biggest hate group in America. You cannot think of one proposal. You listen last night to these bases. Listen tonight to the debate. You will not hear one single solitary proposal that you say is okay. They hate everything you love. And if they get power, folks, you will be back in slavery and miserable because they know the more miserable you are, the more you're willing to give up your rights for safety and security. That's why they want to control your health care, your insurance, your housing. They want to control your schools. They want to control everything you do because if they control it, you will serve them and not your family. Mason, you are also quoted in my film, Runaway Slave, as saying something that I have used over and over again for the last five years since you said it on that pier. I think we were down in Oceanside, uh, California, uh, when we uh, shot uh, uh, the, the segment with you. You said the slave does not necessarily seek comfort. Then what is it that the slave seek, Mason Weaver? Or not, the slave does not the necessarily seek, seek the, the slave doesn't necessarily seek freedom. You said the slave does, uh, usually seeks comfort. Talk to us about that. No, the, the slave wants to please master. When the Union troops came into the community, many slaves fought the Union troops because they thought that their my dog was the same thing. My dog would protect me. The slaves were trained and bred to believe that all their power and source of living came from master. Today, the Democratic Party tells black folks in the hood that all your benefits, all your medical comes back. That, they, they seek to please their master. But today, brother, today they're waking up. Today they, they watch cable TV. They watch these clowns on last debates raise their hands and say, we're going to give free health care to illegals. They'll say, what? Wait a minute! You got a new a new slave coming here? They recognize. Like I said before, man, seventy five percent of black people live in poverty. That means you're going to tax black people to give free health care and free schools to Mexicans. We are waking up, and brother, your program here is a beacon in the sky. It's the place to gather. It's the place. So you keep preaching the gospel of truth. Because they're gathering, they're, they're listening up, they're, they're thinking, and you cannot think and stay a Democrat. Amen. And let me tell you, folks, I, I thank uh, Mason Weaver for his voice. And uh, yesterday, uh, my good friend Sean Hannity had me on with him on his radio program. We did a, a pretty long segment together. And uh, this is the thing that uh, you have said to Mason, that Americans, regardless of color of skin, we need each other. But we have to embrace our core values, the type of things that have made this nation great. If they go away, believe me, black folks, especially all of you who are listening across the nation uh, to the show today, we're the first to suffer as far as that's concerned. But Elijah Cummins and people like him, they don't care. Baltimore is living proof of that. Detroit was living proof of that. It's trying to rebound, trying to rebuild, but it's still living proof of uh, progressive, liberal, and with the aid and abetting of black 
congressmen and legislators that had, that brought it to its knees. Mason, tell the folks one more time how to get a hold of your work. Got about a minute left. Give us give us that information. You can find me at uh, leavetheplantation.org, clarifyingmission.com. But also I want to make point, folks, that that Baltimore is the way it is because they want it that way. There's no mistake. So get my book, support me, bring up the the speak. I make my living off of your love. So I appreciate all the love you can get, brother. (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, God bless you and God keep you, man. And uh, I certainly hope that uh, you all will get. Take care, uh, sir. God bless you, too. God bless and keep you. I'm C.L., and this is the C.L. Bryant Show, and uh, that was my special guest, Mason Weaver. And, Mason, uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. And all of you out there, let's join together and fight the good fight uh, here in America together. We have much more in common uh, as as a nation, and the, the nation is made up of everyone uh, in it, our, our, our nationality is not the color of our skin. Our nationality is American, and uh, no, America is not uh, a place that uh, welcomes everyone. Huh? Did you hear me? It's not. It's a place that welcomes people who want to become Americans. The problem is that we do not understand that we cannot welcome everyone, especially those who are uh, of the mindset that they want to subvert the American culture without assimilation. That is how you get an Omar who was born in Mogadishu, Somalia. Family brings her to America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, the land of plenty the wealthiest nation on the face of the planet. Much different than the place where she was born and brought here from. Yet, because she did not properly assimilate, or perhaps she bought into some crazy talk about our nation, she now preaches how America is not a great nation, even though she comes from Mogadishu, Somalia, and has had now the opportunity to be elected to the greatest body of legislators in the world. We'll talk about it after the news. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. 